When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another post-game show here on the Wolverine.com YouTube channel. Of course, Michigan 5-0 and now after a 45-7 win over the Nebraska Cornhuskers in their first road trip of the season. Anthony Broom here with Ryan Van Bergen. Uh, we will discuss everything from this 45-7 victory. Uh, I really checked a lot of boxes, checked most of the boxes. You wanted to see this team come out on the road send a message, and I thought that for the most part, that's what they did. It was a game where they showed, we are bigger than you, we are faster than you, we are stronger than you. And honestly, you wanted to come out, see them establish things early on, go on one of those game opening silence or silence the crowd type of drives. And Ryan, overall, that's what I saw today. It's a good old-fashioned can of whoop-ass. He brought it down to Lincoln and opened it up all over him on a hot, windy day. And uh, this is what I think this team needed from what we've seen so far is this road test, this uh, finally feeling like they, they have to come out and, and show out. And I feel like all three facets through four quarters, this was a really, really solid team performance. We will talk about the offensive takeaways, the defensive takeaways, and everything coming out of this game. And we will also take your questions at the end of the show. Uh, before we get into the, the some housekeeping to do, though, I uh, want to read these two super chats off really quick. One from our buddy Shane Johnson for four ninety nine says, besides Rod and Don looking like they are playing in slow motion, flawless, much like last year, turning up the heat starting in week five. On to Minnesota, let's go blue. Another one here from Zach uh, Shandell for nine ninety nine says, I'd like to give it up to the transfers. Josiah Stewart with two sacks, Ernest at linebacker, uh, Ladarius Henderson at left tackle, earning their response. What can you say about Donovan Edwards? Genuinely looks like Mullings should be the RB2. Uh, we'll get to that, I think, in a little bit. Some good and bad from Donovan Edwards in this game today. Uh, so we'll go through all those takeaways. But before we do that, there's always a little bit of housekeeping to do right up front here. I uh, want to shout out our presenting sponsor for today's show, My Perfect Franchise. Are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Or are you an experienced entrepreneur Wanting to diversify? Well, Andy Ludicky can help. Andy is a huge college sports fan and franchise veteran, having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Using his expertise, Andy helps others find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. So do us a favor, call Andy, put your life and career in your own hands. Best of all, his services are 100% free to you. So what do you have to lose? Give Andy a call and contact him at myperfectfranchise.net or at 404-973-9901. Find a time on his website to chat with him. Andy's a great guy, been a great partner of us. I know he does a great job over at My Perfect Franchise as well. So uh, shout out to Andy. Shout out to My Perfect Franchise. Once again, you can call them at 404-973-9901. Ryan, I want to start this game on offense. And the biggest thing to me, again, and I said it in the open here, is... And I have to give I have to give Lincoln its props. Now, I had a hell of a time getting here. We'll probably get to that a little bit later too. But this is uh, I thought the crowd lives up to the hype. The atmosphere lives up to the hype. 
And I think the, the most complimentary you can be of Michigan during this game is that because it was a hot day and because it was a, as you put a good old fashioned ass whooping, uh, there were a lot of, there were a lot of red that departed the stadium. Saw a lot more bleachers in that second half. And it started early with them setting the tone on that opening drive. Yeah, they are back to the physical. And that was one of the things that I was going to make sure that I mentioned as a word, a theme, a topic of this game was the physicality and the toughness that I thought you saw offensively, defensively. It showed up on special teams, even on kick coverage. I felt like this was the most physical that we've seen this team. We came in and played some bully football. Um, I can't remember what JJ referred to it as last year, but smash mouth or something of that sort. And that's what you saw from this team. And it was there from the opening drive. It was still there when we had our third and fourth string quarterbacks taking off with the ball and dropping their shoulder. Um, I thought overall this team finally showed us that physicality that ex- what separates Michigan from the other programs, I think, that are nationally dominant. I think that, you know, everybody's kind of got their niche and it's specific to their team. But Michigan's niche has been a ground game and then a physicality and a toughness that's just – it wears on you. And Nebraska, they're no slouch. They're, they've, they've got a tradition of, of toughness in their program. So for us to come in and – uh, bully them the way that we were able to bully them and get what we wanted uh, through offense, offensively, defensively, through all four quarters. That's the other thing about it being complete. Um, not much more to be desired from from anyone in any unit today. It was another game too. It feels it felt similar to the Iowa game last year, where the narrative going into that that Week Five game on the road was, oh, you know, you're facing one of the nation's best run defenses. Nebraska is number one in the country coming into today. I believe at like 43.6 yards per game. Michigan, now a lot of this is is skewed by garbage time and you know, 51 rushes on the day compared to 23 passes. That's not quite the balance that a lot of people uh, would like to see this team strive for, but 51 rushes, 249 yards, three touchdowns against against the nation's top run defense. And then on the flip side of that, when you talk about a rush offense from Nebraska that I think was somewhere in the top five or top six, well over 200 yards per game, outside of a 74-yard touchdown run at the end of that game in garbage time, which, again, another uh, another shutout that was kind of uh, punted away by the backups on defense. Uh, Nebraska had 20 rushes for 32 yards, I believe it was, when you take that last one out of the game. So just getting it done in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh that opening drive, going back to the scoring drives, 11 plays, 75 yards, almost six minutes off the clock, uh, capped off by a 29-yard touchdown pass from J.J. McCarthy to Roman Wilson, which was – I tweeted this out. I mean, that was one of those, oh, my God, J.J., no, 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 and then he launches it, and then Roman Wilson just straight up Randy Moss is a guy, which I didn't know that he was capable of that. Uh, their connection – and two more touchdowns on the day uh, – that one from 29 yards out, 16 yards out on the second one. Those two are as locked in a wide a quarterback wide receiver duo that we've seen at Michigan in, gosh, may, maybe, I, I don't know, it's been a while. Uh, he's a go-to, a legitimate go-to guy right now, and it seems like he's getting a little bit better every week. I think he feel he plays with a chip on his shoulder because although we at Michigan know who Roman Wilson is and what he's capable of, nationally he's not getting that attention. And I know that he knows and hears about the stellar wide receiver room in Columbus, and I know he's sick of it. 
You know, I'd be the same way, especially if I'm putting up stats like he is. He's leading the Big Ten in a lot of statistical categories at receiver, and they're still talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, Mbuka and the guys from Ohio State. And he doesn't get the the shine and, and the recognition that I think he's deserved of. And this might do it because I think that's one of the things that maybe he lacks is a lot of times he's just open, has separation. J.J. McCarthy puts it on the numbers, and then, oh, another touchdown. He doesn't, it doesn't look like he wins a battle for the football to score. But that catch he made today, yeah, that might be catch of the year. I mean, that, the, the, to pin the ball on the back of the helmet of a guy and he's waving his arms up trying to get separation, I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. I feel like I've been watching football a long time. I've never seen a catch like that. And I, 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 I very rarely do I get up and pause and, like, get closer to the TV, but, like, that was one of those moments like, holy shit, what did I just witness? <laughs> I mean, if that's what he's bringing to his repertoire now, because for a while we've seen Roman Wilson be a guy who just kind of, you know, you just kind of run, run down the, run down the field and maybe we pop it for, or maybe Michigan pops it for a big play or uh, gets, you know, racks, you know, racks up some of those yak yards. But I mean, his route running is crisp. I mean, now he's, now he's apparently Randy Moss in the red zone and, and that is such a welcome development for this offense. And I thought that JJ in general, as we kind of transition into how the game he had 12 for 16, 156 yards, two touchdowns and no picks was good on the ground. Again, just had the two rushes for 30 yards, but just seems very in command and in control of this offense again for really the fourth time in, fi- in five weeks. And it's becoming clearer now. And, and we felt this way at the time that game against Bowling Green was a major outlier right now. Sharon Moore is in his bag calling plays. I think that J.J. McCarthy is in his bag in terms of executing those plays. I mean, some of the things he was doing today, rolling out, throwing across his body, that second touchdown to Roman Wilson was about as impressive as it gets. And you just you just get the sense that they are comfortable taking whatever a defense gives them. And that's, you know, to me, that was the next evolution of what this offensive attack looks like. I think so. I mean, the thing that you just you're almost starting to get lulled because it's so consistent, but it and can be overlooked. There's only four passes that JJ had that didn't hit or hit their targets. And to be honest, the first one was a drop, if I'm not mistaken. So three of them got to target and his completion percentage and how consistently he's putting balls in good positions for his receivers. That's another thing that, like I like you were saying, the, the Bowling Green was an outlier game. So many times we're seeing JJ McCarthy throw on time, perfectly timed, and then they're also throwing it to where the defender can't get to it or he's throwing his guy open. And that's just something that I feel like is that next level of development we heard about all offseason that JJ's taking these strides, he's gotten better. And of course, that's the the typical song and dance as you go through an offseason. But I think it's shown up in in four out of the last five games that these are the different steps he's taken. He's smart when he gets gets to use his legs. Uh, He extends plays even longer but hasn't made anything too errant. You know, and he he's placing balls and throwing guys open and, you know, he's operating at the highest level I've seen a Michigan quarterback operate at in a very long time, maybe ever. And there's plenty to unlock with that, too. And I think when we talk about, you know, improving on the margins from here and how this team gets better. I mean, again, not really not really a whole lot to complain about in the run game with the 250 yards rushing. Uh, Blake Corum led the way, 16 carries, 74 yards and a touchdown. I just think. He continues to look more and more like his vintage self. Uh, Donovan Edwards, I actually thought, and maybe we we park here with Donovan for a sec. I actually thought for the first part of this game, maybe earlier on in this game, I thought was maybe some of the best football he's played all year. It seemed like he was more decisive, putting his foot in the ground, getting upfield. And you know, I don't know if 
if late, it seemed like Michigan was maybe trying to get him that first touchdown of the season. Uh, it seemed like he wore down a little bit late and then went to kind of back, some, back to some of the tendencies we saw from early on in the season. But I think that from the two of them, uh, having them combine for 30 or, or uh, for 30 carries, having them, I think for the most part, play well and look like their normal selves against a, a defensive, you know, I think you just need to give Nebraska their flowers. I know they gave up 45 points, but those guys, I thought those guys, you know, they're physical up front. I think they're extremely well coached on both sides of the ball. Um, it, it was just one of those days where, you know, you're a team that's rebuilding and trying to figure itself out and you're just going up against a team that is, they just have better players than you. They're bigger than you. They're faster than you. They're stronger than you, but the run game in general, I thought uh, again with Donovan, Donovan in particular, I thought was a step in the right direction. The box score maybe doesn't bear that out with only 3.4 yards per rush. But early in the game, I think I saw a little more of what we're used to seeing from him. I thought the same thing actually with the first couple series of touches that he got, that he looked a little bit more like he was seeking contact, a little bit more like he was bursting uh, at the line of scrimmage, uh, a little more decisive. And there were a few plays that I thought for sure we were going to get one of those long rippers. That was a 50, 60 yard run from Donovan Edwards. Um, and then Corum, I thought Corum took a hit early. Um, nothing that would I, I thought was injury or anything like that, but just something that was like, oh, is my mouthpiece still in? Like one of those type of hits. And I feel like once he took that hit, it was like he tasted blood and like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's football. I'm ready for this. And I thought you saw him kind of get engage and go full go in Blake Corum. Um, and I, I think that this is a result that you can look at this as a rushing game and say, oh, it's not typical Michigan. But like you were saying, with the ne Nebraska being the run defense that they are, this is a solid running performance. And you got to give a lot of credit to the three guys in the middle, uh, Trevor Keegan, Keegan, Zach Zinner, and then um, it's not Mooseman. I played with Mooseman, but um, <laughs> Drake they, uh, yeah, they uh, they really handled business well interior on the interior line. And number zero from Nebraska, he's a dog of a D tackle. That guy is a monster. And I watched him a little bit, and I can't remember his name, but um, I saw him on a lot of plays where he could have been a disruptor. And we got him handled through a combo block and made it to the second level. So all around the rushing attack from the offensive line play to how the both backs played and even Mullings and some of the other guys, when they got in there, this was the physical style of running this, this, this will win can compete for big 10 championships, this rushing attack. Yeah. And I know uh, Clayton Safey and I were talking about this during the game. And I know that even on the message board, it seems like there's still a, a frustration about a lack of explosive plays and, you know, not to sound dark or, or macabre or anything like that. And I just kind of, you know, my response to that is, would you rather be destroyed by a house explosion or, you know, be butchered little by little? Uh, it's dark and it's gross to think about, but this, this Michigan offense is full of butchers right now. I think their offensive line, uh, I think this, this was as good as they've played all season long. Ladarius Henderson gets to start at left tackle. Uh, uh, Carson Barnhart slides over to the right side, a more natural spot for him. And I know those guys, those guys got, uh, you know, gave up a few pressures here and there, but you know, as a starting five, I thought that was their most consistent performance of the year. We saw Miles Hint was on the injury report, tested out a knee injury pregame. It just seemed like he wasn't able to go. So uh, we'll see how that develops moving forward. I think they still want to get Hinton out there because we we'll see. I mean, there's still there are still snaps when you know you're throwing six or seven offensive linemen and a couple of tight ends, and you know they get the H back at, out there in Max Bredesen and. 
know, they still want to come downhill at you and, and there's going to be a role for all those guys. But uh, in general, I thought the offensive line, uh, the switch that we had been waiting to see with the tackles, I thought was a big positive for them today. I thought so too. And we talked last week that Ladarius Henderson has done enough to earn a, an opportunity to start and see what the production looks like, see what the, the, the chemistry is like um, there next to Trevor Keegan. And uh, I thought he played well. I thought all, all across the board offensive line played well. We did a really good job. I thought getting our backs into chances at the second level. And then also JJ McCarthy, I mean, aside from maybe one or two pressures where there were some mistakes, but uh, overall he was kept very, very clean. And again, they're not going against guys that are just scrubs, you know, from a community college. These are Nebraska recruits and these guys can play football and they came out and handled them. And uh, I thought that that was something that gives you promise because there's other opponents that I felt like were worse quality that we didn't play this dominant or in this fashion. And to know that this is, this is still the same physical dominant Michigan team uh, five games in. And I feel a lot more confident after this win in Nebraska. Any other lingering thoughts on the offensive side of the ball? I, again, I just, you look, you go through the box score and I know 51 rushes, 249 yards. I mean, that's probably the stat of the day, just the 51 rushes in general, but uh, just kind of workman like there, nothing, nothing to write home about, but this was a team that imposed its will and went up and down the field and finished drives. There's been a lot made about, you know, the new clock rule and, and how it's affected Michigan on offense. If you just take care of your business and, and finish drives with, you know, positive yards and not punt, you know, not getting off the field quick and getting those touchdowns. And, and Hey, how about this? 10 points from the backups today. I mean, that's the first time that's happened all year. First time the backups have scored at all. So, you know, that's when you start to get in those scores that look like, you know, 45, seven or 49 to three, or, you know, maybe even into the fifties, but you know, another two and a half quality quarters from the starting offense, 35 points scored. And you just feel like there's just so much more to unlock there too. Really nice work from them today. Yeah. I mean, JJ, JJ has 16 passes in, in that he's done for the day, you know, so there's not going to be too much magic and explosives and fireworks when that's how many plays and passing attempts that he gets, you know, there's only so many throws that you can make when you play two and a half quarters. So uh, I thought one thing that I will say is that I feel like some of the supporting cast played their roles really well today. I thought Colston Loveland had a big third down conversion uh, in caught balls that he was expected to catch and made the plays he was expected to make. Uh, Cornelius Johnson, I thought had one that was good. Clemens, it was good to see him back. You keep hearing things about Clemens. He had a couple nice routes. One in particular was like a deep drag or deep in and ball was right there on the money. He made the catch. You know, I don't think we had hardly any drops. The execution was just so top level today so top level i don't know if we had any how many tackles for loss they came away with but it had to be close to none and uh it, it may not be the sexiest detail alive but man the execution and efficiency was just top notch from our offense yeah what a shout out peyton o'leary and darius clemens guys we haven't seen a lot of this year they were banged up in camp banged up coming out of camp oftentimes and clemens had obviously the more prominent role but michigan says you know you're not going to get the ball and you're not going to get on the field unless you block i thought he blocked well Obviously had, uh, you know, the two catches for 29 yards. Peyton O'Leary, a catch for eight yards and his first career touchdown. Uh, so that was really nice to see. Uh, really awesome work from those guys. Jaden Denegal's first career touchdown pass as well. We saw all four quarterbacks that traveled and made the trip. So, again, workmanlike performance, and you did what you were supposed to do against a team that you were just all that more talented then. So uh, we will slide over to the defensive side of the ball in a moment, but 
we want to discuss our second sponsor of the episode here uh, with our pal Susie Surma over at Modus Realty. Uh, have you ever, ever thought about buying a home to be closer, but not too close to Ann Arbor? Well, Susie Surma of Modus Realty has the perfect home for you. This beautiful and private property is just 20 minutes from Ann Arbor, 15 miles from downtown Northville and downtown Plymouth. The home is situated on 8.22 acres with a nature preserve on one side that can't be built on. So it's the perfect blend of modern comfort and natural beauty. And this house went live, I believe, on Thursday or Friday and has an open house Sunday, October 1st from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern. So it's a ranch-style brick home in Salem Township with just under 2,200 finished square feet on the first floor and 1,800 more living space below in a finished basement. And it's got all the bells and whistles, four bedrooms, two full baths, two half baths, a two-car garage, most of the major appliances are included. There's a walkout basement, perfect for hosting that tailgate party before the game. And you're located on eight acres of land, which allows you to enjoy the peaceful serenity of nature right in your own backyard. And this time of the year in the state of Michigan, you have the colors changing, absolutely gorgeous scenes out there. So, uh, you know, when you see a house like this, you want to be able to work with an experienced agent that knows the market, that knows what they, that they're going to get you the best possible set up into a new house. So feel free to reach out to Susie. looks like a great home there in Salem Township. You can contact Susie Sermon today at 248-767-5633 or send her an email over at Susie at modusre.com. And whether it's the Salem house or anything else that you're interested in, be sure to check out our friend Susie Serma. And again, if you want to check out that Salem house, Sunday, October 1st, 12 to 2 p.m. So uh, reach out to Susie for more information. And thank you, Susie, for your sponsorship here on our show. Defensive side of the ball, Ryan, I feel like this is going to be one that you are the most fired up to talk about because, because of what we discussed in terms of the, uh, the garbage time adjusted rush yards, only 32 yards rushing on the ground outside of that touchdown uh, late in the fourth quarter. That run wall held up and when you play an offense that, you know, wants to come downhill at you and runs, you know, the triple option stuff, regular option, a lot of misdirection. Those guys have to be disciplined and you have to, you have to be able to hold up. It's hot outside. So you start to get a little tired and your legs are wobbly and your discipline kind of can get shaky when, when it gets hot out. But again, that defensive line against a pretty physical, again, another physical Nebraska uh, trench attack. I thought those guys were outstanding. And how about this fat guy interception? Four picks on the year. Two of them are from defensive linemen. I know you love that. <laughs> Big man. We don't use the F word. Big man interception. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, game ball to the entire defensive line. The, to come out without Mason Graham and to play the way that they played, these guys had an incredible game. And shame on us for even having doubts about our edge guys because – Michigan produces edge guys. That's what we do. It's what we've been doing. It, it, the the edge guys today showed up huge. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson or Aiden Hutchinson. He showed up huge on Thursday. But uh, Braden McGregor, I thought from the bat, from right off the bat, has that tip that goes right to uh, your guy Walker um, or Kenneth or Kenneth uh, Kenneth Grant. Kenneth Grant. I don't know why I messed that up so much, but he ends up with the. Pit. You've had Kenneth Walker on the brain. Yeah. That bothers me. And uh, fantasy. Uh, Josiah Stewart, I thought and we've been waiting for him to show up. And there's been some glimpses and some flashes. There's been some times he's come off the ball and I'm like, that guy's got that twitch. He's got that edge. He's definitely have speed. And today shows up obviously with two sacks. Um, 
But I, th- I thought overall, our defensive line, our edge guys, I thought Derek Moore had an amazing game. It may not show up statistically, but he had a really solid game, really solid outing. And then, you know, the middle of the interior, the guys are able to hold up and let our great linebackers clean up every run play that gets to second level. So, um, honestly, just super excited about how the guys got to play and how everybody got to eat. When, when there's multiple sacks with multiple guys, it's an exciting trip back home. So uh, I hope those guys are enjoying themselves as they make the journey back to Ann Arbor. My apologies to Kenneth Grant. It was a big man interception. <laughs> uh, I should uh, I should run the stairs here in the heat uh, for that. But uh, yeah, two sacks from Josiah Stewart. Uh, I believe those were his first two sacks of the year. We'd love to see that. Uh, he was going to be big in a game like this. Derek Moore continues to impress. Braden McGregor had a really nice day. Uh, other than that, I mean, you look up and down this defense, and I want to because there might be Nebraska fans that come on here and, and you know, oh, well, we got embarrassed, so what are the Michigan guys saying about us? I think they have they have some really good pieces on offense. I think you have a quarterback in this Heinrich Harburg guy. Uh, you know, he's 6'5". That's a lot of quarterback to tackle, especially when he gets going with a full head of steam. You stuffed him on a fourth and one. We know that Anthony Grant's a quality back. We've seen it with him before. Uh, and Matt Rule is, I, I, again – they're probably not going to win the eight games that I predicted they would in the football preview, but I just feel like Matt Rule gets it, and they're going to figure this thing out relatively quick, uh, relatively quickly. And he's a guy that uh, I think this this Nebraska team is not going to be someone that teams are going to going to want to play later in the year. And the fact that Michigan got them now in their own building, I think is uh, I think that's a good sign for them because I do think they they might hit their stride here at some point. And, you know, let's just say you flip the locations and maybe Michigan plays this week at Maryland. And then the week before the Ohio State game is this game in Lincoln. I think that you're going to see a much different Nebraska team at the end of the year. So uh, I don't know. Any thoughts on what you've seen from them so far? I'm going against you here. I think Nebraska is a burning dumpster fire that someone needs (laughs) to go put out after Scott Frost just completely, you know, ruined the culture of their program. And I think, you know, nothing against Matt Rule. I've seen his press conferences. He seems like a very nice man, but I don't know that I'd be a guy that wants to go and play and risk ligaments and limbs for Matt Rule. Uh, just the, the vibe I get from him. I had the same vibe when I went on the official visit with John L. Smith, just not this guy. Can't be this guy. Hmm. And uh, I just, I don't think, I don't think it's a bad team. I think that their coaching uh, is at least needs to be looked at. And then I think quarterback wise, ah, that guy, the way he throws a football, I can't, uh, names are just not today, Saturday today or not name. I'm not a names guy, but their quarterback, the way he throws it from that low slot, there's a reason that he has so many passes tipped. And it's because he's not a mechanically sound quarterback and we've had non-mechanically sound quarterbacks. So I know how to identify one and that's one of them. And so I I just don't see this Nebraska team with who they have running the show, both offensively at quarterback and then as a head coach, Matt rule. Uh, I just don't see them there. I think that, you know, Rutgers is better than Nebraska. In my opinion, Maryland's better than Nebraska, you know, Nebraska, you might be as good as Northwestern. The two ends get to go together, but do you want to be as Mm. good as Northwestern? I don't know. That's just my personal take. I don't think they're a very quality team. I don't think it's because their players are trash. I just think as an organization, they don't have it right now. A lot of work to do there still for sure. Uh, Can we sidebar? Can we talk about your official visit with John L. Smith? I don't know that we've addressed that on here before. Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, are you at liberty to discuss it? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have any NDA signed or anything like that. So, uh, but I just remember going and I, it wasn't that I was super into 
the I, I idea of going to East Lansing anyway as a college, but uh, I was always a Michigan fan. But it's like I got to check it out and see what see what the deal is. And the guy he grabs me the extra firm handshake, then he gives me the other hand on the forearm, and then he starts squeezing my biceps and he's squeezing my back, and it's like he's feeling meat from a butcher shop that he wants to know. And then the next thing he tells me about is how he has climbed Mount Everest twice, and I'm just like, I don't care. We just met. I don't know you. And uh, hmm. so it's just the vibes, the vibes weren't there. And it's funny because I talked to other recruits, um, you know, because we see each other going to different schools and different visits. And I wasn't the only one that caught that vibe from John L. Just whatever it was, the wavelength, we did not operate on the same amplitude. <laughs> Man, a lot of, uh, no, I'll just stop there. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to go down that road on this podcast. Um, take the Iowa money line tonight if you haven't uh, put money on that game yet. Anyways, uh, yeah, anything else? I mean, Nebraska threw the ball a lot more than I thought they would. Uh, Harburg was 14 for 25, 100, 199 yards. Obviously, the interception on the tipped ball. It is weird that a guy that's 6'5 has so many tipped passes. I mean, I, I feel like to a certain extent, you expect that from a guy like Caden McNamara. Uh, no Caden Shade, just saying, you know, he was like six six foot, six one, whatever it is, 6'2". Um, so it was odd to see that, but... Um, it seemed like Mike Sainer still was a little banged up. Him and Rod Moore were alternating a lot today. Uh, Keon Saab was back on the field this week, led the team in tackles. Uh, let see, five passes defended. Quentin Johnson had two of those. Brad McGregor had one, again, to go back to his good day. Rod Moore had one. Derek Moore had one. Yeah, it's just, uh, again, like on the offensive side of the ball, just another workman-like day. Uh, I think it's... On a few drives, when those the, the fortitude of those guys were tested, what were arguably, you know, Nebraska's two best drives of the day, or you know, ends in a missed field goal. Uh, there was the missed field goal, or I'm sorry, a turnover on downs on that second drive, and then a missed field goal. Was it right at the start of the third quarter? So, yeah, even when Michigan's defense was tested in this game, those guys were able to kind of clamp down and, and get off the field. I thought so. And I think that the one thing, if I were to try and find a, a hole to poke, is that there were some guys on RPOs that if we don't get a tip or if the ball's a little more accurate, that that's a dangerous throw and it might be a gash because there's only one safety that can help you if you get beat as a corner and they run a quick slant or something in an RPO situation. And I thought there were some times, and it's just something that – you know, I'm always searching for where, where can there be a concern? And, you know, these guys aren't getting tested in the red zone ever. I mean, how many jump balls have you seen our corners have to defend? I know they do it in practice, but it's different when you get game reps. And I just feel like I hope these guys can stay sharp and, and be above, you know, the the monotony it's like playing out in right field and all of a sudden you're looking up into the stands and seeing if you can find your mom and dad like these guys aren't being tested and i just i hope that we can continue to be dominant when it comes time because against penn state against maryland the last three games we're going to get tested uh by all three of those offenses so i i just want these guys to continue to work and develop because you can get you know uh, dull with success we're going to move to questions here in a second, but I can't believe I didn't say this in the offense part. Uh, Kalel Mullings got some early run today. Five rushes, 43 yards, the 20-yard touchdown right after the interception. That – I don't know that I can sit here and say that changes the – maybe whatever the chemical mixture of that running back rotation is. But if he's running as hard and with as much juice and wiggle as he has, they're going to have to keep him and have this – be you know, keep him – 
rushing early and have him be, you know, maybe the third head of this three headed monster. I mean, in a game where Corum and Edwards maybe get 15 carries a piece, I don't think it's crazy to ask for eight or nine out of, out of Mullings with what we've seen from him so far. I think him moving to running back full time just seems more comfortable, more at ease. The vision's better. I really like what we've seen with him uh, over the last few weeks, and I would expect him to get some more run out there. Him being involved, because I was noticing this tendency, so I'm sure other teams have too, him being involved, especially when he's in the shotgun uh, and he's offset, it's really important to have him involved on passing plays and uh, get him runs out of the shotgun with the offset because I don't think we love Blake Corum and pass pro. And I don't think we love Donovan Edwards and pass pro when JJ's in the gun. So when we bring Mullings in and he's offset in the gun, almost everybody I think is going, it's a pass. He's in here for protection purposes only. They only give this to him if we're under center. So to get him some carries out of the gun, I think would be huge because it's going to be a tendency breaker when we go up against other offenses. And, you know, just like the jump pass was to set up for the entire year last year with Mullings going, into that backfield. I feel like having him in regular scenarios, game scenarios in the shotgun, as well as, you know, with him in the backfield under center just makes defenses have to second guess. Can we commit it all to the run? Can we commit it all to the pass? Because they do it all out of all these packages. Yeah. And just last thought on Kalel Mullings. I mean, don't be surprised at all if, if Michigan kind of rolls out that one more year campaign like they did last year. And he's a guy that is one of those targets. Cause I, I just feel like he's starting to kind of hit his, hit his stride with that position group. So I think that pretty much does it. Uh, I mean, we shout out the special teams. I guess there was uh, Morris had a 30 yard punt return, but that was after he muffed, he muffed it right off the bat, but you know, make something out of nothing there. James Turner was perfect on the day. Uh, Jake thought, thought did fine. So not really a whole lot to say there, a, a clean day for the most part from that group. So let's move into the questions portion of the show uh, have a lot in the queue right now, but if you want to get yourself in there, uh, send out a question. If you want to get yourself bumped to the front of the line, send out in a super chat. Uh, and our first one here is actually just a, a super chat. So a shout out to Judah who has sent one in for $15. So thank you so much for that Judah. Uh, a couple here from Cameron Stokes, a hundred, a dollar 99 a piece. Uh, he says probably the most boring dominant win in a while. Yeah. I mean, boring is in the eye of the beholder but you know when you score 45 points i think that's a lot less boring than you know the 31 to 7 wins have been so to speak so yeah uh definitely definitely dominant and then ryan this is a question from cameron stokes uh as georgia escaped auburn this afternoon thoughts on michigan potentially being number one in the next poll i don't think it's going to happen i mean georgia i think is going to have to lose in order to be knocked off that 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 podium uh this this last game was it in auburn or was it at georgia they were at auburn they were at auburn so that's an away game at auburn and i know auburn's not a great team this year but winning on the road in a conference sec game just to win is enough to keep the number one spot so we're, we're fine we want them at number one we just we just sit back here at number two and keep that chip on our shoulder yep and then another from cameron this one for 4.99 uh, he says, do you think that J.J. McCarthy needs to lighten up on some of his passes? He seems to only throw fastballs to his receivers. Not a complaint, just wondering. So thoughts on mixing velocities and things like that, Ryan? It's funny you mention it because I actually 
notice the velocity of the throws today, and there seemed to be a little extra pepper on them, but you got to consider the conditions they were in. They said that there were swirling winds, gusts up to 30 miles an hour. The commentators can't shut up about the wind, and they also cannot stop mentioning his hockey background, which I don't know why is so relevant, apparently, but I'm sick of hearing that J.J. Hockey used to play hockey. Almost all people used to play other sports. It doesn't. It's not relevant. Um, but I think that he, one, had to do it because of the conditions, and two, if you look at the routes that he's throwing, he has to get the ball in there zipped in there because it's thrown through the middle of the uh, of the defense uh we really just didn't see too many fades i think roman wilson maybe was that was a fade uh but it was kind of more of a scramble drill as, as opposed to a fade but um i think he has the touch we've seen him have the touch but the bullets i think are intentional and i think the receivers know what what's coming at him because i mean i played with a quarterback and uh ryan mallet and Ryan never took anything off his throws, no matter what, just because he liked to show how hard he could throw a football. And I don't think that's what JJ is out there doing. I think he understands touch and when he needs to, you know, throw touch to the wind and just let one rip. And he was letting him rip today. He had some high velocity throws down the middle of the field. Yeah, wind gusts were up to, I'm sure everyone heard on the broadcast, up to 30 miles an hour. It wasn't going to be a, a game where you were going to air the ball out down the field. Like that just was never, that's not really Michigan's recipe, anyways, but like the, the passing game was going to be those darts over the middle of the field and the quick game. And that's what we saw for the most part. Uh, and our, our friend account 22 says JJ threw a touch pass to some, uh, to Samaj Morgan last week. Yeah. Back shoulder throw where you just kind of put, you know, put enough on it to get there. So uh, yeah, we'll see Cameron. Uh, he could be better there. There was a few he missed, but overall run game pass game. I thought JJ was terrific. Uh, let's go to, one from Shab Fan, who says, my only question is, are Michigan's only tough games going to be the last three of the season? Well, I think going into Michigan State, and I, when you say tough game, that's ambiguous as a term, but going into Michigan State in their night game environment is going to be a tough win against a rival because they're going to do anything they can, and you know it's going to get dirty, and it's going to be chippy, and it's going to be gross, and there's probably going to be a review afterwards to see if people should be allowed to play anymore. And, but uh, I think that's going to be a tough game. And, you know, uh, I think Indiana coming to the big house could provide some challenge. So uh, I don't think the only tough games, do I think that that'll be our biggest test? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Penn state, Maryland is a, a scary, the more this season goes on, the more I get scared for the Maryland game between Penn state, Ohio state. Um, so, but uh, the last three games are going to determine if this is a good season or not, for sure. But there's some, I think the road test Michigan State and then Indiana coming here, both of those games, I think, will test us. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that this is a team that will, you know, put up a huge fight against Michigan, but Purdue, you get Purdue at home in November. That's a, that's a team that put it on Illinois today. And I don't think Illinois is very good at all. But, you know, to blow out a Brett Bielema team, I think is impressive and something to, be commended. And again, there's always going to be, and pardon my French, you know, earmuffs for, for the little ones out there. There's always a, one or two of those, what I call, oh shit games throughout the year, right? Where you just have to kind of get out of it. Uh, we saw it last year with Illinois. The game in this building two years ago uh, against Nebraska was one of those games. So it's going to happen at some point when people aren't expecting it. And that's just football. You got to make plays. You got to get out of there with a win. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Those last three games are certainly the ones that define, you know, make or break the season. But, you know, at the end of the day, you take care of your business. You'll be back in Indianapolis and back in the college football playoffs. So we'll see what happens there. 
And then Cameron Stokes says he has one more for us for four ninety nine. This is the last one. Uh, and this Dane Brugler said he talked to a scout, and that scout said that Roman Wilson is his number one senior wide receiver on their draft board. So that could be something to watch. Uh, it could be something to watch. Uh, there are a ton of NFL scouts in the building in both Ann Arbor and on the road, wherever Michigan goes. I know that they're, I mean, we ran into a couple guys uh, from different teams in the elevator day, and we just asked, you know, who, who are you watching? And just kind of shake their head and say, I mean, everyone. I mean, there's probably 20 guys on the list to keep an eye on, but the way that Roman Wilson has played, and we, when you look at an NFL that is increasingly becoming kind of basketball on grass, I mean, he, he looks the part of what that league is looking for right now. So thoughts on Roman through five games. Uh, he's elite. He's not getting the national respect that he deserves. It's encouraging to me to hear this, that he's you know a number one receiver, at least being considered. I think – when it comes to the NFL, it's going to be really hard to not draft Marvin Harrison Jr. as your first guy if you're looking for a receiver. And I don't mean any disrespect to him. I think he's maybe one of the most talented wide receivers I've ever seen in college football. But I also think Roman Wilson is – he's that new breed. He's that – you know, he's the uh, the Cooper Cup. He's the, the, the Devontae Smith. You know, he's that guy that's a little bit smaller. He doesn't fit the, the frame of what you think of, you know, the Calvin Johnson frame. Uh, the, the Mike Evans frame of what you think is a good receiver, but the the frame has changed because it's about getting separation and finding space and being smart about finding space. And Roman Wilson and his connection with J.J. McCarthy, I mean, it's almost a bad thing, but it hasn't been as yet that when J.J.'s in total scramble mode, I can just see his eyes looking for number one. Where's number one? Because he's going to find the space. And uh, I, I just feel like he's going to be a guy that p- bails out quarterbacks in the next level and and – maybe one of the better receiver prospects that comes out of Michigan uh, when he gets his chance at the next level. I believe he's up to 20 catches on the season, eight touchdowns, which is just crazy impressive. Uh, He's going to help JJ McCarthy break that single season touchdown mark on on its own. Almost. It feels like so. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And again, you just got to keep doing it. The, The thing with Roman Wilson is consistency. We've seen him have big games in the past, in past seasons. And then you kind of don't hear from him for a few weeks. And Cornelius Johnson's the same way. You know, he had a couple key grabs today, but you know, you just, you need those guys to be the one, two punch that you would expect a fifth year guy and a senior to be. So a lot of good stuff there from those guys. Uh, we have one from Zach Shandell that we will take. And, and this is kind of last call uh, for questions here before we close it out. Uh, Zach says, what do you think? Excuse me. Uh, for 499, Zach says, What do you think the biggest focus in film room is this week? What does Jim and staff take away as areas for improvement after today? I think you're probably on offense looking to see where were there opportunities where you know we could have made a cut and got different yardage here, or we made the wrong read on this pass play, even though the ball didn't come this direction. There's still things like that happening. You don't see them as a fan, but there's still execution issues that, you know, if we executed flawlessly. We would have better, had even better result. Uh, but uh, overall, I think it's just maintaining the idea of we need to get better. We need to get better. We need to get better. That's the toughest thing I think this team is facing with this early cushy schedule. And now, you know, getting into October, it's starting to ramp up a little bit. But you know, the 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 best teams, they get better from September to October, better from October to November. And then by the end of November, they're full stride. They're, they're, they're playing their best football. And, and 
to continue to improve when you're winning games easily is tougher. And so uh, it takes a lot of leadership and it takes, uh, you know, their coaches to, to be able to continue to motivate and, and get these guys back to focusing on, Hey, it's not about beating Minnesota. It's about being the best team we can be. And are we really there yet? And if not, let's work towards it. So uh, there's a, there's an image that these guys have of how they want to be playing the brand of football. They want to be playing in November. So the, the focus I think is to, get to that picture and get to the, be that team. And we took some steps today. Yeah. And I think when you go back and, and as you flip to the Minnesota film, it's a team that also ran for 200 yards today. Again, granted they were playing Louisiana, but uh, Louisiana, I'm looking at the box score for that game. Uh, they ran for 177 yards on, on Minnesota, which I mean, this is a big 10 defense. That's pretty impressive and popped some big plays in both the run game and through the air. So, you look for those areas, uh, look for opportunities to maybe try and generate some more of those explosives. But again, uh, Minnesota, I think similarly to the last two opponents that Michigan has played, I think, you know, solid to serviceable to, to good on the ground. Okay. At best at quarterback. And then, uh, defensively, I think more so than the last few weeks, I think that they'll be able to kind of pick their matchup and, exploit that from there so i think that that's i mean folks it's hard you got to go back and watch the film we're going to talk to jim harbaugh on monday and he'll say how great everyone played and how it was you know an excellent football game but it's hard for me to say what they need to focus on until you go back and look at it but you know today as we kind of close this thing out here i I think as well-rounded a performance we've seen from this team and you know to be a champion you just keep striving for that next level and you're trying to hit that next gear and you know, if those first four games were kind of you feeling the season out and, and building an identity, I think this game number five really kicks off this next stretch of four games where you're setting yourself up for what you're going to look like in November. I, I agree. And I just think that, you know, there's still more that this team is capable of, even though they are performing as one of the top teams in the country with the, how they're currently performing, there's still more levels to unlock. And so I think as a fan and even as the players and the coaches, they're all interested to see how high can this, how far can we take this thing? Yeah. Well, I I think that's going to do it for us today. It has been a long couple, you know, long, definitely 24 to 48 48 hours for me. My day started at 4 30 AM on Friday with a flight out of Chicago that are a flight to Chicago that ultimately was delayed by nine hours. So had to rebook that. I had a rebooking a flight that went to Denver and that was supposed to fly into Lincoln. I get to I get to Denver. I get to the gate for my flight to Lincoln, and that flight gets canceled and pushed to 7:30 this morning. But they put me on standby for a flight that would have went out to Lincoln last night. I didn't get on that flight. So then the gate agent puts me on a flight to Omaha. I get to the gate for Omaha, and the plane is delayed for an hour and a half because the engine is leaking oil. But come to find out, they get everyone on the plane. They test the engine. There was no engine leak. Someone spilled oil out on the the, the the runway, the tarmac, whatever it is, and they thought it was leaking oil. So I didn't even get to Omaha. My, again, my day started at 5 a.m. I didn't get to Omaha last night until 1 a.m. local time. And I was able to uh, crash somewhere, get a ride to Lincoln first thing in the morning, and I made it. But that's a roundabout way of me saying I'm ready to shut it down and get to bed because, and fingers crossed, knock on wood, I have a 6 a.m. flight out of Lincoln tomorrow morning. (laughs) So 
I am uh, I am putting my body through more hell than any of those guys who played on the field today in 95 degree weather uh, did, uh, relatively speaking. So, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Uh, producer Megan, thank you so much for your time and sitting through a double dip today uh, as the producer of both the Michigan and Nebraska shows. Michigan wins 45-7. Uh, 5-0, 5-0 is 5-0, and today was as good as it's looked so far this year. So next week for Minnesota, I will not be traveling. That will be uh, an in-office post-game show for me. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to getting back with you guys uh, soon. So thanks to everyone for watching. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. Get in on the Wolverine.com for $1 for your first month or 25% off for an annual subscription. And we will talk to you again next time.